Welcome to Artful Aging with Amy, where I ask caregivers and professionals the difficult questions that will give you guidance on your life's journey. Support is only one conversation away, and this is your first step. Let's go. Good morning, everyone. I'm Amy Friesen. Welcome to Artful Aging with Amy. If you have watched some of our other episodes, you will see that many professionals and caregivers speak about caregiver burnout. Unpaid caregiving, also known as family caregiving, is present in many families all across the world. Caregivers are one of the hardest demographics to measure, however, either because many of them don't feel like they're a caregiver or they're only doing this or they're only doing that, or on the other hand, frankly, who's actually asking them and who's seeking them out. They're a very, very hard demographic to understand. One of the hardest things to do when you're a caregiver is to actually take time and care of yourself. There often doesn't feel like there is any time left at the end of your day when you're doing so much for others. And worse yet, many feel guilty for actually scheduling and taking time for themselves. Unless it comes up to a good reason, such as I have a doctor's appointment, I have some other appointment. Uh, Many people justify that as a good reason but many caregivers don't just take the physical time to sit and relax and do something for themselves. A lot don't think that that's a good enough reason to take a break, unfortunately. So on today's show, I'm speaking with Brenda Virch. She's a registered psychotherapist and she's also a senior living advisor with my team at Tea and Toast. Brenda is someone who has always wanted to help others and these two roles allow her to do just that. Brenda helps her clients discover what is in their way and teaches them techniques how to positively make changes in their lives. Welcome, Brenda. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Amy. Thank you for having me. Perhaps we could start today's conversation with you telling us what psychotherapy is and how you can help individuals work through their mental health obstacles. Sure. That sounds like a good place to start. So psychotherapy is a... um, a therapy, a a counseling practice that is offered um, usually in talk therapy only. Um, We are, psychotherapists are trained to help people in that way. We have uh, master's degrees and we use different techniques, as you said, to help people find a a more positive outlook in their life. Um, And we do that uh, with, with varying ways of uh, coping mechanisms that we help people discover. Uh, often people know what, um, uh, you know, have a, certain techniques that they use already, but they just need a little help in perfecting them. Um, and we also help people to discover um, other ways of dealing with problems. Um, we help them to accept that life is difficult and um, and that sometimes they need to be more compassionate with themselves as well and recognize that they're not alone in this big world. I find that what you're saying about being more compassionate too, I find that a lot of caregivers we work with at TNTO specifically too, they, they don't leave that extra room for themselves and it's just constantly going, going, going and it's the guilt that takes over. So there's nothing left for them to you know want to take care of themselves more. I find that you know a lot of people are really burned out by the time they talk to us. And I mean, that's why I have you on today. That's why we're talking about it because it's come up in so many of our other episodes and it's just because it's an overwhelming epidemic almost, eh? Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
many people that they're stuck in that role. They uh, feel isolated and alone. They don't know where to turn, who, who to get, how to get help. And they're, they're lost. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them don't actually know that that's what's going on. They feel these symptoms, but you know, oh, I'm just tired today or I'm just X, but they don't actually recognize that they're burnt out. Um, I think that we're probably uh, more likely, you know, our team at TNTOS, you and I, because we deal with it so often, we're more apt to see it. I know when I burn out or when I am just getting to too much, I, I can feel it and I can see it because I'm dealing with it all the time. But most people, you know, they're not paying attention to that all the time. And that's not what they deal with every day. And that's not what they do for work. And so it's really hard for them to recognize. Um, What are some of the benefits that people often see when they start going to therapy? So when people come to therapy, um, it allows them to focus on themselves. It takes them out of their, um, often if there's a relationship issue and sometimes you know, with caregiver burnout, it would be an example of that. It lets them really pay attention to what's going on with them. Um, like you just said, they we get caught up in this role and we don't, um, we, we're so, the big picture is so much in focus that we miss what's happening in ourselves. So therapy allows people to focus on the, themselves. It allows them to come up with mechan- coping skills and techniques to deal with their issues. It allows them to, um, you know, give themselves a break back to self-compassion as well, to recognize that they're not alone in this world that it's and that it's okay to reach out and get help, which is what therapy is as well. It gives them, you know, somebody to talk to a lot of the time and a lot of people don't have somebody to talk to. Absolutely. From a professional's point of view, can you discuss with us what is caregiver burnout and what may lead to it? What are some things that, you know, we can look out for? Sure. So caregiver burnout is a a state of uh, physical, mental, emotional exhaustion that people experience after they've um, gone through a period of extended unrelieved stress. So these are people who've been doing this for a long time. Um, And it can lead to uh, high, like, so something that can lead to caregiver burnout. So high emotional demands, conflicting demands. Everybody wants a piece of you. You're not, you know, it's not just your one person in your life. A lot of times we have multiple people in our lives making demands of us. Think of the sandwich generation, uh, somebody who has children and aging parents. They, all of these, they might have a job as well, all making demands on them. Um, Change of role sometimes. Your parent who was once your caregiver is now in need and you've become their caregiver. You're no longer a child to them. You're not, it's a different role that you're taking on. It's a different relationship you have with them. And all that is very stressful and, and hard to figure out and process. Where what, what is life all about now when all of a sudden the person that you depended on depends on you so much. There's so much um, work involved in caregiving but you had increased workload can lead to caregiver burnout, lack of privacy, right? Nobody thinks of that, but all of a sudden, if you have somebody living with you, with you in your home, um, who is there all the time, your, your space is uh, no longer your space. 
You don't have that privacy that you once have. And there's a lot of grief involved with it as well, anticipatory grief, because things are different, right? What you, it's a loss, caregiving, somebody who's ill, um, it's a loss in your life. And it, then there's grief that comes with that, that you have to process on top of everything else that's going on. And all of those things can just lead to burnout in somebody. And not surprising either. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. I absolutely, um, obviously agree with you. But the, one of the two of the things in my life that you just pointed out too, is that, you know, I tend to notice my drain more so when I specifically have so many people relying on me, right? There's, you know, there's my daughter, my husband, my father-in-law is going to be moving in. We have four animals, even the animals just constantly needing something from you. And then to Mm -hmm. your point about privacy, I can't get a square inch in my house. (laughs) There's just no one around. I mentioned in another episode that I could just, you know, sit in a corner and just want my privacy, but there's no point in doing that because all four animals and Eva would be on my lap, right? There's just no, you know, not even, you know, honestly, not even privacy to go to the washroom, you know, within three seconds, someone's knocking on the door or scraping or barking or whatever. And so it adds up quite substantially. Mm -hmm. And if, if it doesn't, if it, you know, if you don't kind of address it or, you know, it'll just, it'll just compile when you say it just keeps kind of piling up and snowballing. That That's it. Exactly. It's that unrelenting demand on your time, uh, unrelenting expectations of others that they have of you and you can't get out of it. There's no, there's no way out. You, you with Eva, right? You're a mom. Yep. You, you, you can't just send her out to the, you know, uh, you know, leave, go away. She's there all the time. She needs you. And that's the same thing with somebody. Um, if you have a, an aging parent staying with you who has dementia, you can't get away from that. They're there all the time or they're living by themselves. And yet you're worrying about them all the time because they're not, they shouldn't be living by themselves anymore. They're, there's the need is there for you to take care of somebody. Absolutely. And it's, it's a lot. Absolutely. And there's so many people who misunderstand what caregiver burnout, yet many people are dealing with it or really on the brink of it. You know, there's a lot of people just teetering on that edge and barely holding it together. Um, we definitely, in what we do with TNTOs, we see that a lot, eh, Brenda? We, you know, people are just right there on the edge and they need some outside guidance. So there's a lot of misconceptions. Are there any specific misconceptions that you've come around that we... Uh, that you've come across that we can, you know, unhatch and, you know, let people know that this is not actually what it is? Yeah, so I think a lot of times that people feel when they take on a caregiving role that they can do it all, that it's not a big deal, that, you know, they're, uh, it's not going to affect them as much. And it slowly builds up. Right. And they get to the point where they're overwhelmed and burned out and they don't even realize they're there yet. So and then they start just making excuses. I'm just tired. I'm not burned out. And, you know, I I, I just need a break. Um, and they just don't they just don't see it because they're so caught up in it. But that fact that they can people really, truly believe that they don't need help with things and that they can do it all by themselves is a big misconception Mm -hmm. that, uh, yeah, don't, you know, I don't need to ask for help. I don't need help. Uh, Or there's embarrassment, Mm -hmm. right? And worry that what are people going to think of me? Um, 
when, you know, people are just, they're, they're going to be okay with it. Most people are going to say, oh, that's, you know, that really sucks. And why, what can I do to help? But people are afraid to ask, right? For sure. For help. One of the, you know, one of the main reasons for doing Artful Aging is to show the, our audience, show people that we're all living similar lives. You know, we have, you know, different day to day, but we all struggle with very similar thing, especially in the caregivers, uh, in the generation, in the sandwich generation. It's very similar. It feels very individual. And I know that, again, a lot of people that talk to us on the daily as caregivers, um, think that they're, you know, what they're dealing with is super unique and, you know, it is to a certain extent, but when you agree that when people come to us, you know, they often fit into one of our buckets because there's a lot of people dealing with the same stuff and it's, you know, it's a problem solving bucket, right? It's like, okay, this is what's happening. This is how we're going to look at it. This is what's happening. Okay. We'll look at it on that. Don't you find that generally people are very much more similar than they actually think they are? Oh, absolutely. Right. In the big picture, um, the problems are probably all the same. We all have unique issues that we're dealing with. Not everybody's going to have the same housing situation. Not everybody's going to have the same budget for tea and toast, for instance, for looking for housing. Not everyone is going to have the same illness, uh, the same support systems. But in the really the big picture, it is it, the problems are all the same. Absolutely. That the fact that it's it's we all get overwhelmed in that situation. We all feel similar things. And, you know, and so it's, it's there. We all have that in our lives. Yes, we share, we share it. Absolutely. Are there any factors that would put one individual at risk more than another, Brenda? So I think that in the, um, in the world of caregiving, there are certain people who fall into that role more than others, right? And I think as women, we are um, more so, a, whether it be by uh, just the way our household is set up, but as a society, our culture, right? We're the caregivers in this, in, in our society. And so I think that's a bit of a... Um, risk factor there, just being female, right? That the fact that it's an expectation just on you to do it yourself. Um, and uh, and we might not want to do that, right? We might not be the best person for that role, but we're given that role just because we're female and we're women. Um, so we have lack of choice sometimes mm -hmm. in being in that role. And that can add to, that can be a risk factor for caregiver burnout. Um, so other things are the, you know, the financial difficulties, Obviously, finances can certainly add to caregiver stress, social isolation, uh, not having the support of others. Living with the person you care for can, um, you know, the more you see them, the more you're around them, can certainly add to the higher level of, of burnout. Um, and uh, lack of coping skills. If you don't, if you don't have that actual underlying ability to take care of yourself and to recognize there's, if there are issues, um, and that you have difficulty solving problems when they come up, you don't have the help, um, that's certainly going to be a risk factor for somebody getting and having more caregiver burnout than someone else. Absolutely. And I can even, you know, it really hit home when you're saying about how like societal norms have been that caregivers are generally female, not to leave the guys out, but generally we're yeah. just talking about. And what's interesting and hit for me is that 
I myself am not a typical caregiver. I'm obviously, you know, a woman and this is, we, I have a child and I have, you know, my parents and things like that, that we're caring for and I care for them, but it's, I find very difficult for me versus some of my um, associates or friends or whatnot who are in the same situation. Cause you know, there's a lot of caregivers that, you know, a lot of moms that are like, I want to be a mom and I've wanted to be a mom all my life. And this is what they've been wor- like working at and things like that. Whereas that's not really been my you know position. And so, although I obviously love Eva and I love being a mom, it's hard to move into that role when I feel like I don't quite belong there because, you know, I'm really good at running my business and doing different things. And there's a lot of business owners that I hope are listening to that probably feel very similar. And I've come across them in my, you know, networking meetings and business meetings, especially when Eva was really young. And I said, you know, I don't know what to do here. This is way out of my scope. This is not, you know, I haven't been training for this, right? Like this is not what I was looking at. And a lot of them actually said to me that they were in very similar circumstances and it was kind of like this like hush hush crowd that it was like not really spoken about it was a really uh, eye-opening experience and a little bit weird because there's a lot of caregivers like me that you know we're caregivers we'll do it we'll get the job done and you know and obviously we love the people we're caregiving for but it's not the role that i envisioned for myself so there's a lot of inner conflict have you seen that with any of your folks, like the inner conflict of I have to do it, but I'm not really equipped to do it or don't feel like I'm equipped to do it, kind of like a, a round peg in a square hole situation? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that, um, uh, again, back to societal norms, right, wanting to be a mother, it's not something that not, that's for everybody. Um, we all make choices in our lives and sometimes we end up in situations that we we didn't we had different expectations about um and that's okay right i think it, it is important then to accept how you feel and recognize that that's how you feel and that's okay to feel that way mm-hmm. um you don't have and it's not anybody else you know they're what, what anyone else thinks doesn't matter we can only control what we control in our lives um our thoughts our feelings our actions and it's, you know, that that's, that's a, where self-compassion comes in, right? To recognize that that's how you feel and that's, that's all right to feel that way. And that others, just like you said, other people feel the same way too. You're not alone in this situation, just like caregivers are not alone in their situation, in the, you know, in the burnout situation, in the situation just of maybe not even wanting to be there. You're not mm-hmm. alone, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's this time where we um, we put our head down and we get through it, right? And I think it, it's really interesting with with kids um, and with Eva that there are different stages, right? And she's still very young. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could come a time where you're like, I love having a ten year old, right? I love it. This is the best stage ever. And maybe you'll be one of those strange people who like having a teenager. <laughs> well, right? You know what? And that it actually, it actually came up too. Like when I've had multiple conversations, because I run a business, I tend to run in different types of groups, right? Lots of business owners and whatnot. And that's what they said. You know, the young years weren't for me. I hit my stride at this age or I hit my stride yeah. at that age. And I can even tell a huge difference. Eva's four. And as she becomes more independent, 
it gets a little bit less weird, a little <clears throat> less stressful. And not, and, you know, it's still stressful, but it, it lightens the load a bit because I, all, I am also super independent. And so because she's starting to be more independent, she's not clinging to me like all of the animals, like everybody in the house, it's not not as much and so it's starting to lighten up a little bit um and that having that conversation with those other business owners literally when i was pregnant still really made a difference to me because then i knew that i wasn't so alone that yeah not everybody loves infant to two or infant whatever right lots of people do and lots of people don't like the teenage years but i might just like like you said i might just be that person that you know when we hit 10 it might be really good to go or whatnot because you know I just want to teach her so many things and I want to show her so many things and it's hard when she's so little but we're getting there yeah yeah Yeah. exactly so you take each day as it comes and and you do what you need to do and and it'll get to a day where you're it'll it'll get easier it it does right with independence (laughs) with independence comes very much so yeah um eases it up a bit but you're a caregiver it will never not be a worry as well right and that's something to recognize and accept too that there will always be there you'll always be a caregiver even when she's an adult yeah absolutely never goes away it just changes yeah for sure. Well, I will see. I know that you have um, your kids are a little bit older than mine, so you're definitely speaking from experience. But it, you know, we'll see how everybody develops differently too, and relationships develop differently. So you kind of, like you said, one day at a time. You just do what you got to do, and you know, and try to develop it as best you can. Even yesterday, we were out um, for lunch, and it was such a nice outing because you know a lot of us have been locked down for covid for so long that we don't do anything and i realized that the fact of being inside or you know in my surroundings for the last two years not doing anything puts more of a strain than you think it does because you're stuck in the same four walls with everybody you know doing everything in the same spot and you forget that you know there's fun that can be had to do other things and not until I got out there and I was like, Oh yeah, you know, I hadn't been out with a four-year-old. The last time I'd really been out was with a two-year-old and it's a completely yes. different scenario. Yes. So it was, yeah. it was interesting to see. Absolutely. And COVID has done that as well, mm-hmm. right? It is isolated people. Um, so there's a huge risk factor that we didn't talk about is COVID itself over the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. It's so isolating for people. Yeah, for sure. If someone thinks that they're experiencing burnout, what could they look for as some signs and symptoms? We talked about risk factors, but, you know, are there any specific signs and symptoms that we can keep an eye out for? Sure, sure. So uh, lots of warning signs for it. And um, again, it's it's being aware of who you are and watching for these. So uh, your energy level, are you, were you, are you starting to feel a lot more fatigue and exhaustion? Um, are you getting sick more, right? Your immune system goes down. Yeah, I you pick up everything up. Yeah. that's out there. And that, you know, you're, you're and you so know me. you, you got to watch for that. You know me personally, too. And it's like, I've been sick nonstop, not COVID, just I'm sick right now. I've got allergies that have gone awry on me, right? And it's- right. And, and they're exasperated when you're all of a sudden, you're, you're more tired, your energy levels down, and then boom everything that comes up, even allergies, 
are greater than they normally are. So something to watch for. Sleep problems, right? Symptoms from uh, caregiver burnout. You could all of a sudden uh, be all of that exhaustion and being tired, but you can't sleep. You try to sleep or you're, you wake up at two in the morning and you're awake for three hours. Your mind is just going. You're thinking about everything that you have to do, everything you didn't get done. You're worried about the, the person that you're caregiving for. And you just, so you're, you're having trouble sleeping. Um, start to feel maybe frustrated, uh, annoyed with the person you're caring for, a little bit angry. You're more impatient, you're a little irritable, argumentative. So things to watch for, right? If you normally were a patient person, think, you know, things slid off your back and now all of a sudden you're just tense all the time and uh, clenching your jaw or oh, you watch for those body symptoms, right? For anxiety, because you're going to feel them in your body. Um, feeling overwhelmed, difficulty concentrating and staying focused, just can't get anything done. You seem to be, you know, making lists all the time and yet you're just not following them. Um, so, that, that's definitely feeling helpless and hopeless, lost, alone, isolated, um, possibly even depression, mood swings, um, withdrawal. So when we get overwhelmed, we get frustrated and we shut down. So we withdraw, we stop accepting uh, invitations from friends to go out. Um, we don't call people anymore. We stop responding to, um, you know, text messages. It's just too much to tell people what's going on. Um, we start to feel really negative all the time. We don't, are, we don't, we can't think of anything good in life anymore. It's just all, all bad stuff going on. And the, you know, an extreme, something that nobody ever wants to get to, but we might even start to neglect or abuse the person that we're caring for. Um, and that would be, that would be unfortunate, but it does happen as well. That, that's, and that would be a, a big red flag, a big symptom that you're, <laughs> you're burned out if you, you can't even be around the person that you're trying to take care of. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, lots of warning signs that you can look for. My uh, my name's written on most of those, so and, and I mean we that's why we're doing the show too, right? It's like that's kind of where I've been in my life, right? And I, and I think you know all things just it just rolls, right? They just kind of one thing at another. And something I wanted to bring up as well is that you know a lot of people like myself are trying to take care of themselves. We're trying to do it. We're trying to do our workouts in the morning. We're trying to do meditation or walks or something. But, you know, even this morning I got through my walk and then I didn't have anything left to do a 20 minute workout because it's just like, I can't, I can't fit it in today. I'm exhausted. My allergies, like it's, you know, whatever. And it's, and I even, you know, make myself feel guilty because it's like, I should be able to do this. I'm trying to care for myself. But what I've been trying to be more gentle on is that maybe we care for ourselves in a different way. Maybe it looks different. Maybe it can't be a physical workout right now maybe it has to be meditation or yoga or something different or maybe it just needs to be healthy eating as much as possible or taking a break it doesn't have to look the same but I know that I give myself a little bit of guff when I can't quite fit the workout because I'm trying to improve my life but you're exhausted right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no exactly right you have to know yourself and I come back again to self-compassion with all of this is, is recognizing when you just can't do it some days, 
Um, and I know you, Amy, I know you have high, high expectations of yourself. You have high, high expectations of others. And when those expectations don't get met, it's really tough to deal with that, right? So recognizing that and saying to yourself, you know, I'm going to do this today instead. Just like you said, I'm just going to meditate right now because that 20-minute workout is going to kill me. Yeah. So I need maybe just a gentle stretching. Yeah. Maybe just some, um, I know you do tapping. Um, maybe just that instead. Refocus, grounding is just as important as a physical workout sometimes. Well, because sorry, if we're going to do a physical workout and not be ready for it, we can end up hurting ourselves physically. That's so. it. And everybody talked when you're, you know, start exercise programs and things like that. Everybody's like, you'll feel so much more energy when you're done. And it's like some days, but most times I'm just like getting through it to get it done. That doesn't mean I actually feel more energy afterwards. It just means that I feel better that I got something in, but it sucks the energy, right? Because you're using it in that and it doesn't replenish very quickly, especially at, at this time, right? So, um, maybe we could talk about prevention tips. What can we share with our audience, Brenda, to help them prevent burnout, but more so lessen its effects? Because I feel like everybody's going, who are caregivers, tend to go towards burnout. So I don't know if we can prevent that, but I think maybe, you know, maybe some tips to help lessen it. Yeah. And I think you've already hit the nail on the head with a lot of them. Um, The self-care, right? Eat well, exercise, get enough sleep, continue to meet your healthcare needs. So go to those appointments when you need to go for a regular checkup. Don't, don't put them off just because you have to do, take somebody else to their appointments. All really important to continue to do. Don't stop doing those. Continue to do what you enjoy. Don't give everything up. You might have to give something up. It won't all fit in, but don't give everything up. You still deserve uh, to do stuff just for you. So you have a hobby, a sport, a leisure activity. If you could get out to play baseball once a week because that's what you love doing in the summer, do it. And so keep that. Um, Ask for help, right? Don't um, stay connected with family and friends. Stay, and if there's support groups you can join, join those groups. So get, don't be isolated, right? Don't let yourself get isolated. That's really important. Uh, treat yourself sometimes. Sometimes it's nice to, to do a little day away at a spa. Um, something special, what you like, you know? If you've been putting off getting your hair done because you just can't fit that two-hour appointment in and you don't like all the, in my case, all the gray that's showing up, go get your hair done, right? It's two hours. You'll love it. It'll be, it'll be a treat for you. Um, remember to breathe, right? Sometimes we just get so caught up with run, 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 run. We forget just to breathe. And taking a breath can just relax us. And I'm talking about just a deep breath right into your gut and expanding that stomach out and, and doing that. And if you have to look up special breathing techniques that are really simple that you can just fall back on to do, you can do that as well. So breathing is really, really something that can help focus you, help bring you down if you're getting too caught up in everything. Um, You might try to plan your week a little better. Uh, Sometimes we get, you know, we get up on Monday morning without a goal, without a plan for the week. 
And then we're just, we're just, you know, we hit the ground running with no focus. Um, so bring a little more planning into your life, uh, whether it be using your phone to uh, write lists on there, or if you do like to do it on paper, uh, buy an organizer, whatever works for you. Um, make lists, write things down. It's not, it's not a, you shouldn't be ashamed to have to um, put it on paper. We, otherwise we tend to forget things. So make a list, make, make a plan. Also, um, if you're looking after older people, specifically, this is something, respite care. You, you might need to get help from somebody, somebody to come into your own home to offer respite. Or what if you want to get away? There's you can, we can use uh, the retirement homes in our community to help people have short-term stays. So that gives you a break. Even if you're not getting away, what if you just need two weeks at home to do your spring cleaning or something? Who knows? Or do nothing for two weeks. That's okay. It's okay to look for help, look for respite care. Um, and then there's also somebody like me. Sometimes you need someone else to talk to and you don't have anybody to talk to. Um, I, a psychotherapist, can listen without judgment um, and just give you someone to get it off your shoulders, get it off your, you know, you've been thinking about this, you've been worrying about it, you don't have anybody to talk to about it. So family's not listening. Uh, they give you all kinds of advice, but uh, that's not what you want. Sometimes you just need to talk to somebody, and a, and a therapist is a good person to do that, to take up that role. So. So there's lots of things you can do. And final, the final one, again, back to self-compassion, acknowledging that what you're going through is really, really tough. It's not easy. It's hard to be a caregiver. Um, try to give yourself a break to be kind to yourself. Remember that others are going through the same thing. You're not in this alone. Um, focus on what you can control. Try to not focus all the time on what you can't control. Take it one day at a time and Sometimes gratitude is important too, looking for something to be grateful for. It might be just that you had five minutes to um, have a sip of coffee that morning. It might be the, the beautiful sunshine that we have today. Uh, something to find some gratefulness in your day is really important. For sure. And really great tips. The two that stood out for me specifically is probably because we work with seniors as well, is that I think respite care is mandatory. I don't, I think that it should be built in to a care plan, especially if your loved ones live with you. Um, because people, it's that space thing as well. It's a constant care, it's a space and respite, you know, in my opinion, should be utilized more often for that. And then the other thing about talking with someone like yourself, Brenda, is that, you know, whether you do or don't have family that'll listen, I mean, even just this morning, I said to Mike, I was having a problem and I, he wanted to know. So I was telling him and he started just like being a problem solver. I'm like, I don't need you to solve this. I just need you to listen to me because you asked me about it. I'm telling you and then I'll deal with it. And that's yeah. really, you know, more valuable just that somebody hears you to understand yeah. that you're dealing with it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brenda, before we wrap up today, can you let our audience know how they would get a hold of you? Um, yeah, so you can, uh, I think the best way to get a hold of me is uh, online. I have uh, a website. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, BrendaVirchCounseling.com, I think is what it is. I haven't looked at it in a while. Uh, is, is probably the easiest way to find me. You can also send me an email. My counseling email is BLVirch. Um, so Virch being B as in Victor, E-R-C-H. 
uh, at gmail.com as well. So both ways you can, uh, you can find me. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Brenda, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And thank you for all of the nuggets you've given, especially, you know, there's lots of stuff I can take from that too. So thank you so very much. Well, I, I really enjoyed it, Amy. Thank you for having me. And um, I look forward to, uh, to us working together for a very long time. Me as well. Me as well. So I, if you found value from today's show with speaking with Brenda and I, uh, please make sure to share with your networks, help other families and other caregivers find Artful Aging with Amy. Reach out to Brenda if you need a little bit of extra support. Remember, support is only one conversation away. I really appreciate you joining us on Artful Aging with Amy. From me to all of you, I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday.